0: My name is Tom Hello again, Nick Guzman, and we are now joined by Mr. Daily Dose of Hoops, Jaden Daly, one of my favorite Twitter followers. Jaden, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: My pleasure, Tom. Always good to be back with you guys. Really appreciate it.
0: Now, Jaden, I want to dive right into it. You cover all of the metro area teams, big names, mid-majors, you name it, you're covering it, and you've done it since 2009. I want to get straight to the point. What have been your thoughts, because we just talked about it, the St. Peter's Peacocks, and how do you think that group's fate is going to unfold here as we enter May and June when transfer portal madness starts to kick in?
1: Well, you know what? I've covered the Macs since the 2011 season. I don't think I ever expected a Mac team to win a tournament game, let alone win three of them and play for a regional final. But that just shows you, What this St. Peter's team was all about, a fearless group that wasn't scared of the team in front of them or the name on the jersey, and everything broke perfectly at the right time. They had a great matchup with Kentucky, an even better matchup with Murray State, and they were able to force turnovers on Purdue enough to keep themselves in the game at halftime and then pull away in the second half and hold on for a win there in the Sweet 16. It's still too early to tell what's going to happen in the transfer portal. It depends on what the head coaching move is going to be, whether Ryan Whalen, who was Shaheen Holloway's top assistant before Shah took the Seton Hall job earlier this week, gets promoted, or if St. Peter's looks outside, I've heard a bunch of different things on a a few different people. Nothing's really clear at the moment as far as what Rochelle Paul, the athletic director, is going to do in, in terms of her search and where to go from there. But I think as soon as we see a candidate and as soon as we see somebody really emerge as the front-runner, first priority is going to be recruiting the current student-athletes. There's a, a good core coming back. Only Casey defo who graduates, is not going to come back and he might use his COVID year somewhere else or go pro. I think he'll play overseas and he'll make a lot of money doing so. But whoever the new coach is, whether it's Ryan Whalen on staff right now or somebody else, first order of business is going to be – re-recruiting these guys and trying to see if they'd be able to stay and come back for a repeat.
2: Jaden, Nick Guzman here. I'm curious if you could just give us a general re- review of New York Metro basketball after the season, the sort of state of it, who were you impressed with who disappointed you and maybe a team that flew under the radar.
1: Well, Nick, we already talked about St. Peter's. I think Rutgers really impressed me too, especially after where it came from earlier in the season when Geo Baker was struggling and injured. The losses to Lafayette, to DePaul, to a UMass team that you guys are very familiar with, with Fordham being in the A-10, to beating Purdue on Rod Harper Jr.'s buzzer beater, stretch of February against Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois, and Wisconsin, the big win on the road in Madison, which is one of the hardest venues to win at if you're a road team. Rutgers really impressed me. So did Seton Hall earlier in the season before the Pirates kind of fizzled out down the stretch. I was impressed with Iona. I was very impressed with Hofstra and Speedy Claxton first year. It's going to be a different landscape next year for the, the local mid-majors. I think St. John's has a lot to prove as well. They took a step back this year. I thought the Red Storm was a tournament team and it didn't happen. And Mike Anderson has a lot of work to do, especially if Julian Champagne goes pro. So it's going to be a different New York landscape. I, I think you'll see the – Mid-majors that have been successful remain successful. But as far as the big three, it's going to be a a different year for all three.
0: Now, Jaden, you mentioned St. John's, and they were a team that I was also very heavily invested on at the beginning of the year. And obviously it's no secret, I think, at this point that Champagne is going to declare for the NBA draft. Could you maybe see Mike Anderson's job a little bit warm his seat getting a little bit warmer or do you think it's still at a at a fine enough temperature
1: I can tell you now the fans want him gone <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wow
0: wow yeah wow <laughs>
1: St. John's fan base is uh, a particularly passionate group of people no, oh,
0: that I can figure figure out. If I mean, if they want Mike Anderson gotten this quickly, wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: but he he signed the contract extension last year through 2027. He's not going anywhere, even with a bad year next season. I think he's safe. He, he'd really have to implode and go something like eight and twenty or, so, or something like that to even justify moving on. His buyout's going to be too much. So I, I think St. John's has job security there. It's just a matter of who he can bring in and and build a team with
2: Jaden, you know we're fordham guys from the inside the sort of perception of this team is that we're heading in the right direction under kyle neptune good first year with him as head coach in the a10 but from the outside what do you make of the rams this season and what do you make of the direction that kyle neptune's taking this team
1: i was very impressed with him the, the two fordham games that i saw earlier in the year at manhattan and at st john's they were in both games and what I saw from Kyle Neptune, he, he runs the Jay Wright offense, obviously, four quick, four guards, and, and one guy in the post. And you saw that with Shuba Ohams, where he averaged pretty much a double-double every game, and he was perfect for the way Neptune wants to play. If he can get another big like that next season, I think Fordham can go in the right direction. But we saw what Jeff Newbauer did his first year, winning 17 games and getting to a CIT with Tom Petora's holdovers, and then he was never the same after that. So next year is going to be a pivotal year for the Rams, and I want to see where they go from here. I think they can, but the question is whether or not they will.
0: Now, Jaden, obviously I am the Fordham connoisseur, so I appreciate the kind words about the Fordham basketball program, but one thing that has sort of been a – I don't want to say restraint, but sort of like a tidbit that always comes up is that Fordham's not the easiest place to to build a winning program. I've never really understood – stood why because I always would think it's New York City and you know, it's just the best city in the world there should be no shortage of really issues I don't know why that's a perception do you think you can clarify that a little bit
1: I think probably because you're in the shadows of the pro market and also St. John's when the, when college teams win here New York fans usually don't pay attention unless it's a team like a St. John's a Seton Hall or a Rutgers or a mid-major team that makes a Cinderella run like St. Peter's just did. Fordham would really have to turn a lot of heads to get its market share back in New York. I think that's the biggest reason why the perception is the way it is. And if you look at some of the other teams in the A-10, like VCU, like Dayton, like Rhode Island even, and that's the reason why. It, it's just so hard to consistently improve as the conference gets better too.
2: And, Jaden, earlier you mentioned Rutgers as a team you were impressed with, you know, given Geo Baker going, Ron Harper Jr. declaring for the draft. What do you think expectations should be for the Scarlet Knights moving forward? And do you think they can maintain the level they've been at for the last three seasons under Steve Beichel?
1: And I think Caleb McConnell might be going for too. He put his name in the draft, but he's not hiring an agent, so he's leaving the door open on coming back. Paul Mulcahy and Cliff Amore are going to be much better than they were this year, and they were really good, too. But if I'm if I'm a Rutgers fan, I'm just hoping to finish over 500. If they get into the NIT next year, so what? You look at what you lose. If you can get back to the postseason, any postseason, that's a victory as far as I'm concerned. And if you're a Rutgers fan, you should trust in Steve Peichel over the past couple of seasons. And you should know that you're going to get a team that's going to overachieve in the long run.
0: Now, Jaden, last question from me. This NCAA tournament has been incredibly epic. It's been a ton of fun. There's been too many upsets to count at this point. I think my head might explode. That's why I'm wearing yeah, the right. headband. It's going to keep it together. How are you going to rate the NCAA tournament on a scale from one to ten, and give me your winners for the Final Four tomorrow or tonight?
1: Right. Right now, it's a ten. Oh wow. If, Car- if North Carolina loses, and I appreciate the headband. Shout out to Brady Manning. It'll be a one throwing <laughs> oh. <laughs> up you throwing up a unc fan you know what you know where i'm gonna go with this one i um, i'm picking with my heart and not my head i think carolina beats Duke, and i think kansas beats villanova but not without a fight so we're gonna get the roy williams ball on monday night and also the dean smith ball dean went to kansas i think carolina beats kansas and shots the world how, how about that can can we say north carolina shots the world
0: can we i, I think we can yeah, I, I think I think we can. I don't I don't think that that's going to be you know not a thing. That could be.
1: Yeah, Hubert Davis has won me over the past month. I think Armando Baycott and his ability to get rebounds is something that neither Duke nor Kansas can be adequately prepared for. And if Manic, R.J. Davis, and Caleb Love are making threes, look out, everyone.
0: Yeah, well, I would say to your Baycott point, if if Duke does. Uh, I mean, if anyone's going to try and go up against Baycott, it's Mark Williams, who is Mark Williams, tremendous yeah, tremendous in this tournament. I mean, the guy is averaging pretty much in this tournament um, right here, 14 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds and four rejections on 83 percent field goal shooting. I mean, to me, that is sort of like someone that could maybe equalize him. But I think you make a good point where Baycott is just that good. And maybe yeah. maybe if you agree, maybe this tournament run has helped him get drafted.
1: I agree. I, I think he could be a, a late first round pick now. I, I thought he was probably a second round pick before this, but the way he's come up, and he had twenty and twenty two against St. Peter's, he's only the sixth person in NCAA tournament history to have a twenty twenty game in the tournament, and that's the list that includes Kemalajua and Joe Smith and Tim Duncan.
0: That's pretty. That is that is one heck of a list, Jaden. Well, that is going to just about do it for us here. We thank Jaden Daly of Daily Dose of Hoops on Twitter. You can follow him covering Metro teams, Mac teams, any sort of local New York, New Jersey college basketball. Jaden, thank you so much for the time.
1: Anytime, Tom. Hope to see you guys at Rose Hill soon.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.